All right, the 92nd Oscar uh, Awards, the Academy Awards, the Oscars were handed out last night and shocked everybody because the winner of the Best Picture was a foreign language film. It is uh, called Parasite, and uh, the director summed up on how it felt to win. I'm ready ready to drink tonight. So. <laughs> I love that. Uh, they also won Best Foreign uh, Film. I think it was Best uh, Director and Best uh, Screenplay, Original Screenplay. Welcome to the show, Alyssa Freeman, our PR and pop culture expert. Good to have you on. Oh, always love talking about the Oscars, Kelly. Did you watch the whole show last night? I did, with the exception of maybe like about 10 minutes, but I did watch the whole show. Okay, what I was it... actually entertained, I need to tell you. It was the one of the few Oscar shows where I felt engaged, and I actually had visceral reactions to some of the, the, the winners. Were you engaged because you were trying to figure out what was going on the whole time? Like there was a big question mark, it wasn't kind of predictable? I mean, I noticed that there was a lot of random people showing up on camera in various locations around the theater... Uh, that had no context, no introduction. I'm thinking, who the heck is that, and why should I care? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, that's not what um, that's not what uh, sort of tweaked me into it. Though, so, yes, you bring up a great point about that. I think what tweaked me is that you know you never know who was coming up. Like for example, I didn't know that Chris Rock and Steve Martin were going to do a bit, right. and believe me, it was funny. And Will Ferrell and Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, hysterical. you know what? You brought that up, so let's go to the. Uh, I have some audio of it because I thought it was okay. really funny. Will Ferrell <laughs> and Julia Louis Dreyfus get on, and they are presenting the award two awards the first one was for cinematography because julia louis dreyfus and i have made multiple films and have had an enormous amount of experience on film sets we certainly understand the importance indeed the primacy of the role of the cinematographer to film not only does the cinematographer prepare the meals for the crew and cast <laughs> It is also the cinematographer who knocks on your trailer door to let you know that it is time to get to the set to create magic. And it is the cinematographer and only the cinematographer who is waiting patiently for you in that golf cart to travel you to set. Splendid, mm. then, to honor these unsung cinematic heroes. Wait. What? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm being told that... What? That is not the role of the cinematographer. Oh. And it has something to do with camera. Oh. Uh, who, who is talking to you? I, I have no idea. They, oh. They just gave me an earpiece backstage. Do you not have an earpiece? Um... She checks. Hello? Hello? No, I, I, didn't, I don't think anything is in there. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. It, they, they are so good together. Hysterical. Their chemistry is incredible. Hysterical. Uh, that joke afterwards with, I think they made a mistake on the film. It was... Oh, oh, oh wait, 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 wait. I have it. Don't do it. Here's, don't the, do it. here's okay. the joke. Uh, it was for best editing, the Oscars best editing. You have it in there in our file. Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It's called Oscars Best Editing Award. That's what they were handing out next. You don't have it in there, Loretta? It should be the last clip that we gave you. No? Oscars Best Editing. 
All right. Apparently it's not in there. It's been edited out of the show. How ironic yeah, is no that? Kidding. That is very ironic. But what they said was Will Ferrell says, yeah. I know because the name of the, mo- the movie was actually Ford versus Ferrari versus Ferrell. Yeah, and he's completely and, cut out of it. And and they were brilliant, you know, oh, and so uh, Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. And, you know, there's a time when we really look, really look forward to who was hosting the uh, the Oscars. And we knew that Billy Crystal was a great host and even had an interview with him saying, you know, it used to be an honor to host the Oscars. When did it become like the scariest thing in the world to do? And apparently mm-hmm. it was like when you look up all your tweets, that's when. Yeah. However, I don't know. I, I didn't really miss it because I, th- I felt that there was enough star power mm-hmm. and enough uh, funny stuff that actually kept me engaged. You know, I uh, last time you were on the on the show with us, we, we kind of disagreed on something. And I think that that is I love I love talking to people when you're kind of coming from different angles. I disagree on that that point. I think it needs a host. And I think just the mm. strength of Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you know, uh, pulling everything together and making us laugh made me realize that I really miss that. And so did the opening with Janelle Monet. I felt it was weird. I didn't get it. And I actually read about it the next day. And what it was, it was sort of an homage to all the the, the movies that didn't get nominated you know, she came out yes that's what it was so she comes out and she dresses as mr rogers and does this whole thing with tom hanks and i thought oh so then it was basically that was it it was basically all the films that had not been nominated and they were all in in different um costumes that you were supposed to i guess get uh going oh those people they're representing this film and those people are re- representing that film i didn't get it Sorry, I was too busy. I just thought Janelle Monáe is a great talent, even though I wasn't sure what the point was. But her as a talent was phenomenal. So it was a musical number on snubs? Yeah. Wow, that is weird. I know. I know. Okay, let's talk about, uh, if we, <laughs> if we, speaking of weird, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, yeah. he was a bit odd last night, predictably bizarre. Uh, Chris, you you have control of these clips because you took these clips. I'm kind of oblivious to all the clips that we're going to play, but uh, what Joaquin Phoenix clips are you thinking? I think we, we need should to do play? the one where he gets weird. He starts off and he starts talking about different um, you know causes that people champion, and then it kind of skews off because he's meandering around the topic a lot of talking about different rights and different things that celebrities have a microphone and they have an opportunity to use it. But then it gets kind of weird, I think, beyond where most of us thought it was going to go. Have a listen. I think that we've become very disconnected from the natural world. And many of us, what we're guilty of is an egocentric worldview, the belief that we're the center of the universe. We go into the natural world and we plunder it for its resources. We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow. And when she gives birth, we steal her baby. Even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable. And then we take her milk that's intended for a calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. Can you imagine being in on his therapy sessions? Well, I'll tell you, I did think about it when I poured my almond milk, but I guess that's safe <laughs> milk, according to Joaquin Phoenix in my copy. And when he started, I thought, oh, cow, oh, that's right. bad. Oh, wait a minute, just a second. What's wrong with putting milk in my coffee? So, you know, I, th- I think that when you're going to stand up there and use that platform, which everybody actually expected Joaquin Phoenix to do, and I think it was really just him and Brad Pitt that that sort of went off on a on a tangent. I liked that Brad Pitt's tangent, I though. Brad I thought it was Pitt. cute. Believe me. Believe me. Let's get to Brad Pitt in a minute. But, okay. you know, Joaquin Phoenix, when he started getting going to the cow and the milk and mm-hmm. the stealing the resources, you know, you have a platform. Be coherent. 
there's no big there's there's no shame in being coherent and you know your rambling speeches might be great for you know those award shows where the audience isn't as huge but if you've got billions of people watching around the world and you have something to say then say it so we all understand right i think he was he he was succinct in one part of the speech and this is the part that's highlighted i've been a scoundrel in my life i've been selfish i've been cruel at times hard to work with and ungrateful but so many of you in this room have given me a second chance. And I think that's when we're at our best, when, when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for past mistakes, but when we help each other to grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other towards redemption. That is the best of humanity. It's topical. At some point, I thought that that was good because that's very that's a lot of self awareness, and he is all of those things. We know we've we've seen those crazy interviews with Joaquin Phoenix, and we know that um, he can be that way. So for him to actually call himself out, uh, I think that that was pretty cool. Brad Pitt won Best Supporting Actor. This first time he's won an Acting Academy Award. Your thoughts on him? Oh well, I was in the kitchen cleaning up, and I'm thinking, (laughs) oh please, Brad Pitt, oh please, please. I mean, listen, I remember when he burst onto the scene with that, you know, in Thelma and Louise. Trust me, I I can tell you what that scene was all about right now. And then when he won, I well, it was all about his abs at the time, wasn't it? To my memory. Oh, yes. (laughs) I have great long-term memory. Mm -hmm. And then when they announced his name, I actually squealed and gave a little hop. I was so happy. And honestly, the last time I had like a a squeal and a hop during an award show, I can't even remember when that was. And then he followed it up with a great speech. I loved his speech. We have some of it. Political. Okay. All right, let's play some. They told me I only have 45 seconds up here, which is 45 seconds more than the Senate gave John Bolton this week. I'm thinking maybe Quentin does a movie about it in the end. The adults do the right thing. I'm a big gobsmacked. I'm not, I'm not one to look back, but this has made me do so. And I, I think of my folks taking me to the drive-in to see Butch and Sundance and loading up my car and moving out here and Gina and Ridley giving me my first shot to all the wonderful people I've met along the way to stand here now. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I think that's the truth. That's a smart way to do politics in a in a speech. You just it, it's short, it's Brilliant. sweet, and, and no one who no one's sure that you diss someone because you're you're moving into something else about yourself really quickly. So the haters aren't going to hate quite as much. I agree. And then he brought it back. You know, it was very emotional. And we all talked about like I thought. Oh, I remember his first movie, just as we said. And then he acknowledged the Ridleys. And then he said, you know, I went to the drive-in to see Butch and Sundance, and we all know what that meant, too. And then he brings it back brilliantly to the movie that he wins for, which is, you know, you talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it really is. So I thought it was a brilliant speech, and I wonder if it really set the tone Mm -hmm. for the other speeches to come, because I don't think anybody wore out their welcome. The only people who speak too much are the people in the documentary series, I find, who win the documentary awards, I find. Well, they're storytellers. And, you know. I understand, and this this could be their one and only chance, and yeah. I get that. But I, I for one, was thrilled that Brad Pitt won. Okay, uh, we haven't even mentioned the women. Uh, Renee Zellweger did a great job as Judy. She won Best Actress. Laura Dern won uh, Best Supporting Actress. And Laura no, Dern... I loved her speech. I loved her speech. Yeah, what, Laura Dern? Yeah. Paying homage to her, her mother and her father. And apparently her father is in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Bruce Dern got a, a very small role. 
because the guy that was initially supposed to play that role passed away. And, oh. and, and Quentin Tarantino loves to go and look for kind of people whose careers might be on the downswing, but were well, look at John Travolta, right? Yeah, and so oh, he replaced Burt Reynolds. What? Really? Yeah. Okay, that's I heard somebody best talking best. about it, and I didn't realize that's who he pre- <laughs> replaced. That's the beauty of me being here at my computer and yeah. putting it in and thinking, I'll get that answer. For you, moved, you moved on that like a millennial. Hats off yeah. to you. That was quick. <laughs> um, I think the smartest thing that I saw at the Oscars last night about, like, as far as making or breaking careers goes, is Billie Eilish uh, doing the In Memoriam. Right. Because that is her, that opens her, her up to a new audience. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting. I looked on Twitter today to see, you know, what some of the reaction was. And people were talking about uh, Billy. And first of all, she has a very distinctive look. And she is also somebody that my daughter idolizes. And she's also almost going to be 20. So you know that that's the age demographic that really understands um, Billy Eilish's music for what it is. However, her rendition of the Beatles song during the, um, you know, the In Memoriam, it was beautiful. And, and... It was live. Yeah, and it was very adult. We have a little bit of it. We'll play it uh, just in the background here. Do you want to hit the... It was very Judy Garland. It was very Adele. It was very mature for somebody who's only 18. Well, and I think that her, her take on it was very of the moment and appropriate for what they were doing in the background, which was the In Memoriam. So I felt that she got the moment, and you're right, she's young, but she got the moment. And I think she executed uh, perfectly. Yeah, is she tapped? I know that she was rumored to be singing the uh, new James Bond theme, but is that a go? Have you heard anything about that? Um, I, you know what, that's funny that you asked that, and I did hear something about it. Yeah. But I'm going to try and find that out when you ask me the next question, and then I can. Well, that was my that was my only question. You know what? You can only be you can only be fast on the Googler once in an interview. Well, there you go. All right. So, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yes, she has. She's doing. Billie it. Eilish has written and will record the theme song for the Bond film No Time to Die. She's All right. the youngest artist in history to do so. There you go. And I think it's going to be good. I think it was a smart like a move. Millennial. Yep. Yeah, I think it was too. Smart move. Always a pleasure having you on the show, Alyssa. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, I love doing this, Kelly. Right. So thank you for having me on. All right. We'll keep it in mind and we'll get you back on again. Thank you so much. All right. Our PR and pop culture expert, Alyssa Freeman, talking about the Oscars. It's Global News Radio 640 Toronto.